0: Join the conversation with Tommy Weber. Pro and college baseball coach Tommy Weber brings you cutting-edge interviews and thought-provoking commentary in a weekly podcast dedicated to baseball, sports, current events, and the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and TommyWeberBaseball.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TommyWeberBaseball. It's time to get the conversation started, so here's your host, Tommy Weber.
1: got the podcast studio in the heart of downtown New York City, my hometown, the greatest city in the world here in Tribeca on a cool fall night. Welcome to the conversation with Tommy Weber. I am Tommy Weber, and we've got a great show for you tonight. In contemplating doing this podcast a year and a half ago, my main goal was to give a voice to my players. I've always maintained that the players need a voice and they need an advocate. I've always felt that as a coach and a manager, I've acted as an advocate, and I also wanted to act as a conduit for their voice. I believe we've done too much to silence the player, and I think that Uh, the player needs to be heard so um, to that end uh, last week we heard from Matt Festa a former pitcher of mine who's now a major league pitcher with the Seattle Mariners and tonight we're going to also hear from a dear friend of mine someone who in 2016 when I went out to the Cape and I really knew no one uh, was really uncharted waters for me and and for him as well Uh, we sort of uh, started to strike up conversations during batting practice and early work and all of a sudden we became fast friends Uh, Maybe it was because he was one of the few guys on the team that I could look straight in the eye because we were almost the same height. Uh, Although we were the same height, he had a gigantic heart and an even bigger arm on the mound. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Tyler Zuber, my dear friend. Tyler, how are you? doing well how you doing Tommy I'm doing great I'm doing great uh you know we talked a little bit before we got into the open about how um baseball is one of those things that could bring together a kid from Brooklyn and a kid from Whitehall Ar- uh, Arkansas um it, it's um it's an interesting thing our game that all of a sudden the things that's st- normally would separate us uh, tend to disappear when we're all up in a dugout in a clubhouse on the field, uh, competing, uh, helping each other out every day. Speak a little bit about how uh, you and I met and how we became pretty fast friends.
2: Yeah, so it was, it was like you said, it was a, a, a summer in Brewster, Massachusetts, Lord knows I never thought I'd be anywhere up there, close northeast. I thought the <laughs> furthest north that I'd go would probably be Missouri. Um, so, uh, you know, I end up having an opportunity of a lifetime that I couldn't pass up. And I go up there and, you know, I played summer ball before, so I knew what I was getting into with the players. And I get up there and all of a sudden now I'm hearing these northern accents. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not the south. <laughs> And, uh, sure enough, you know, one of our coaches comes along and it's, it's Tommy and the strong Northern accent, I'm like, Oh my gosh, man, I, I just, I got to get near him. I got to talk with him. Like, I, I got to keep hearing this accent. Like, this is amazing because <laughs> all I ever hear is, you know, the Southern twang and all that. So, you know, it started, uh, it started, I guess, during early work, um, one day you're just hitting ground balls and it was just as simple as me just flipping it to, to you and just trying to, you know, pick your brain on stuff like that. And then sure enough. And it, I mean, I guess, I guess I do kind of look down on you just a little bit, but (laughs) we won't, we won't talk about that too much. Um, (laughs) So then, and then, uh, and then eventually, you know, it just kept progressing and then, you know, I'd hang out in the dugout you know, find our way together to where we get to talking. And then before you know it, I mean, we're best buds on the team, hanging out, picking picking the brain of one of the greats Tommy Weber.
1: <laughs> you're too kind, my friend. You are too kind. Um, you're right. We did tend to... Uh spend almost the entire game together chatting about the game, which is something we both love to do. You were certainly yeah, a sponge. You just wanted to learn. Uh, and I was really impressed by, uh, and, and, and I, I say this: you, you had a big heart, and you were a terrific competitor. But you know, the rubber meets the road when you get out there on the mound. And you're able to pitch, and and you were able certainly to pitch. You, know, you threw hard. You had great command. Uh, you got after it in the strike zone. You you didn't you never backed off. And I always thought that both. I never I never like to predict what's going to happen to a player because I almost feel like I'm cursing the player. Uh, but I knew leaving the Cape that you had uh, the equipment and the makeup to be a really good professional. Pitcher, And uh, when uh, the call came that you got drafted in the sixth round by the Royals, uh, you know, outside of your family, there was nobody happier for you. It really meant a great deal to me to know that we had spent that summer together and that the first part of your dream had come true. Tell us a little bit about what that felt like um, on that day. Man, I tell you, it was...
2: Whew that day was it was a whirlwind of emotions you know uh that morning i knew that the draft had started at, when i looked at it i thought it said one o'clock like my time so i'm thinking you know all right one o'clock my time i'll sleep in until about 12 you know so that way i don't have to like i'm not thinking about it all day so i'll sleep until about 12 eat then get ready to watch it and then uh Sure Enough, you know, first phone call comes at like eight in the morning. I'm like, Are you kidding me? And so, you know, it, it, I get probably I don't know, probably six to 18s call me that morning. And so then obviously you can't go back to sleep after you just got told from, you know, six to 18, right? Like, hey, we're thinking about picking you. So, you know, I'm excited, you know, then it, then from that time, it's probably like, I don't know, 10 to 1 it seemed like it was forever. I mean, it seemed like time was in hours. I mean, it seemed like the seconds were hours. It was unreal. Um, and so I finally get some lunch around, you know, 12, and I sit down, you know, I pull up the iPad, pull up my phone, you know, I'm getting ready to watch the draft. And all of a sudden, they're like, yes, and the uh, next pick in round four, I'm like, wait, what? And so I had I, I completely missed, like, Right. like 30 minutes of the draft. Mm-hmm. So I go, so I go back and I kind of retract through it. And, you know, then, you know, um, my dad, he was, he was a police officer. So he was on the streets, you know, driving around. He kept calling me and checking in like, Hey, <laughs> don't want anything else. Like, no, nothing else right now. And then the Royals called me in the fifth and said, Hey, we're thinking about taking you in like the sixth or seventh. So then I called my dad and I'm like, Hey, um, They got about two or three more minutes left on their, like, I guess, in quote, lunch break before they start back again. And he's like, okay, I'm hurrying home. Um, So I tell them, you know, possible sixth or seventh round. So then they call me again and said, hey, uh, stop answering your phone. We're picking you. Wow. And so then my heart just started racing. And then my, like, I'm walking outside on the phone with them. I come back in. I get a phone call from them again He said, hey, be ready. It's coming like five picks from now. <laughs> so I like hurry up, sprint in. I like tell my parents, like, hey, get get your phone back. Get ready. Get ready. And sure enough, like it happens. And then I don't even think I got the whole video done before my phone started blowing up with phone calls and texts. Right, and it right. went, <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh.
1: I get goosebumps just hearing that story. It's great. It's so great, uh, man. I'm so happy for you. Um, I was happy that day and I'm, I'm happy, uh, that things are starting to work out for you as well as you uh, now enter your, what will be your third season. Uh, your first was a short season and, uh, this will be your second full season. Um, let me, let me ask you something. This is actually a question my wife suggested um, that I ask because I kind of gave her a little synopsis of the kind of person you are and uh, what I gleaned from our relationship in the Cape. And uh, she, she asked um, who, who inspired you as a kid, both personally and baseball wise. Personally, I would
2: say, I would honestly, I would, I would have to say both of them um would have to be probably my dad personally, just because obviously growing up I've you know been with him my whole mm-hmm. life. So mm-hmm. I saw how he worked and all that. So um I just wanted to, you know, kinda like work hard and try to like you know make him proud and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um baseball was it was kinda like a combination of both. I grew up like I guess I was like three or four, I played soccer. And then when I got turned five, I, or four or five, I told my dad and mom, I was like, I want to play t ball. Like, okay, well, we'll go get you signed up, whatever. And I was like, okay at it. And then, you know, next year I just kept playing and got, like, was all right at the game. And so then, you know, soccer kind of went off. And then I didn't want to play football because I wasn't a big kid. So I wasn't like, I, was, I didn't want to be a tackling dummy out there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and playing basketball. Yeah. I couldn't see over anybody so suddenly I can shoot a basketball so I'm like yeah we'll stick with baseball and then started doing lessons and then here we are
1: wow wow let's let's change gears a little bit you recently uh, had a life event so, a,
2: a very very big life event let's hear it I got engaged to
1: uh, a sweetheart of mine <laughs> you were supposed to say Not a sweetheart of mine. My sweetheart.
2: (laughs) My (laughs) My sweetheart. There
1: you go. This this is coming from a guy who's been married a long time. You have to learn what not to say and how to say certain things, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like...
2: Looks like we spent too much time talking about the game and not enough time talking about other stuff off the field.
1: So tell us about her and uh, is she your high school sweetheart or?
2: She, her name is Chelsea Vlad. She uh, she went to college in Memphis and then I went to college Arkansas State and we met at an Arkansas State football game. Um, kind of uh, being mutual friends. So we kind of met that way in August of 2015, and then kind of, uh, I guess, worked our way into like becoming like really, really good friends, like, all, like best friends. And then after that, um,
1: the rest, then later on, the rest started, is history. We started dating. Then started
2: dating in November, and then here we are, almost three years later.
1: Wow. Well, congratulations to you both, man. Are uh, wedding plans imminent, or are you guys going to take some time?
2: No, we we have our plans. We got a date set. It's uh, October fifth of next year.
1: Wow! After the season. Right after the season.
2: There you
1: go. Great, great. I'm so happy for you, man. She's a lovely girl, and. Uh, you know, she. You chose well, and so did she. And I, I wish you nothing but the absolute best. Uh, Thank you. I, I know you're going to be a, a, a great husband, and and uh, it's going to be super for you. Um, I want to ask you something about. A topic you and I discussed a lot um, in the Cape, and uh, something that I know about you personally, which fa- you know I find fascinating because I-, I like to get to know my players. Um, the role that faith plays in your life and in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, for some guys, that's not a topic that's um, in this day and age particularly popular. Uh, I happen to really have great, uh, admiration for people of faith, whatever that faith may be, because, um, I, my life, my own life have struggled with faith. Uh, so when I meet people of faith, I love to really, uh, I tend to gravitate towards them because it's something I really, uh, love learning about. Talk to me a little bit about how faith, the role faith plays in your life and the role faith has played in your personality and makeup on the baseball field.
2: Yeah, you know, faith, obviously, that's the that's the center stone of everything in life. That should be the center stone of, like, what makes you who you are. Um, it should be the center stone of, you know, of everything that you do. You know, you play baseball. Um, you're not doing it for your name. You're not doing it for your team's name. You're doing it for like for the glory of the creator of God. Um, you know, so because he's ultimately, he has your, your fate in his hands. So ultimately he, he can, he controls everything. So with me, faith, faith means to put him in the center of everything. You know, um, I actually have two tattoos now. Um, one of them is, um, I got my freshman summer and it says Philippians 4.13 on my left shoulder and it's got a cross in it with a baseball in the middle of it. You know, because growing up, all I've ever done was play baseball. And so, I want to put Christ, I want to put him in the middle of baseball. I want him to be right there with me on the mound. He is the center of the, pitcher's the center of the field, he's the center of the field. He's right there. I want him I want him to be exemplified through me on the field. Um, you know, and then I got another one on the inside of my left arm. Now it says Luke one thirty seven, and it says with God, nothing is impossible. And I want to hold that. I got that on my left arm because your heart's on your left side. So I want to hold that one near and dear to my heart because with God, nothing's impossible. I mean, me being a short guy, I don't <laughs> want it to be... Like, I've had so many things in life tell me, like, you know, you'll never make a high school team. Or right, high right. school team. You'll never go to college. Make college team. You'll never... You won't go past college. Well, now, I'm, you know, I'm trying to decide the, the doubters. I'm trying to, you know... So I hold that near and dear to my heart because, you know, with God, you know, nothing's impossible. So I'm trying to kind of
1: beat the odds, so to say. Do you, do you think that... uh? having such a strong faith humbles you because I, I, I know that in development in player development um, without gratitude, it's almost impossible to really develop because if you're not grateful, you're not humble. And if you're not humble, you can't learn. Do you think your faith humbles you? Um, yeah, I think in a sense, you know, if, You know, God
2: can kind of sense, like, if you're getting, you know, a little too far out of line, Mm -hmm. he can humble you. He humbles people in different ways. You know, for some people, it might be humble them, uh, you know, not giving them money. Like, they're out of money for a week, so, like, you know, you have to lean on something else or, you know, like a good gesture from somebody like a good, like, Samaritan, so to say. Um, Some people, it might be, you know, having, like, a rough, you know, three weeks of baseball and all of a sudden, they're like, wow, like. You know, it I, I, I humbles you in different ways. So I think that, in a way, um, if you're not, you know, respecting the game and you're not, you know, giving thanks for thanks need to be given, um, and you just, you know, you just got to be a good, I guess, good person, good teammate and all that. You know, it, it finds a way to humble you and, um, you know, sit you, sit you back in your place
1: interesting because i think humility is in very short supply in our world today there are very few people who are truly humble and grateful uh and i see less and less of that especially in our game people believe that because uh they put a certain amount of time in that they're somehow uh they have a birthright to some sort of payoff and uh i just wonder if that's that is commensurate with the reduced amount of people that have real faith (coughs) I mean, if you
2: yeah I mean it can it it can be you know bad or it can just be you know um, you know not maybe not in God's plan um, you know it could be kind of like either one you know God's plan could be for some people to um, you know make it to the big leagues, but you know they just don't really see like I guess the light at the end of the tunnel like they're not um. They're not humble, like so. Like maybe on the field, like wow, like that dude. He's just like he's just unreal. Like he, he just he's not a good teammate. Like you can just tell he doesn't respect the game. But yet he's given all the success and all that. But you might not know off the field he might be having issues. So it might be like just safe haven. Like he goes to the field and everything goes right for him. But off the field, nothing goes right for him. Right,
1: right. I I can't tell you I can't tell you how much I appreciate that personal side of you and, and allowing me to um to ask you about that because I really do believe that um you know like guys like Grafinino and yourself who are Christians and who are people of faith, it's such a big part of who you are that to not talk about that is to not let people inside of something that's so important to you. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think it's something that you should be uh, okay with and that we should be okay discussing one way or another uh, because it is such a central driving force in your life. Okay. So I I really appreciate you letting us go there. Um, in changing gears again, When you went from college ball to pro ball, since on one day you're an amateur and the next day you're a professional, after a couple of weeks of being a professional, what was the most stark revelation about the difference between amateur baseball two weeks ago and professional baseball now?
2: I would honestly have to say the biggest difference would be uh, how fast slash slow the game can be. Uh, Like in... College ball, for instance, you know, it's a lot of rah-rahs and, you know, doing the small things, like bonding, hitting run, like the small things to get guys into positions just to get one run. Not to get three or four to have a big A. It's just to manufacture one run. Whereas in pro ball, you see a lot of uh, like some of the Latins and uh, some of the big American home run hitters, you see like these big swings and um, you see many more like uh, patient guys. So, like the game almost seems like it like goes in slow mo for a while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh, a couple hits in a row. And then all of a sudden, you hit fast forward a couple of times. And now here we go. Like put some nickels in a merry go round.
1: Right, right.
2: It gets fast. Um, so I would just say, you know, the the ability for the game when some people really have a grasp. For the game and know what they're doing how fast and slow the game can be for them if you have a grasp on the game the game looks like it's in slow-mo and it looks like so nice and easy but for those that are like kind of inexperienced and this is like oh wow like this is the first real big competition it's like the game is in fast motion
1: interesting that's an interesting dichotomy um Fast and slow. I've never heard it explained that way, but it makes perfect sense how fast and slow the game can be. Yeah, I, the, the college game is more of a one speed game, um, whereas in Pro Bowl, you're right. It's slow, it's slow, and then it's a half hour of doubles and the game is over. Um, That game speeds up in a hurry And things get out of hand very very quickly Because of the high Skill and talent level Um, We are going to take Our first break um, And we're going to Come back, we're going to have a couple of laughs And Tyler's going to play Quick pitch This is Jack White and Loretta Lynn Two geniuses Check this album out They're going to take us to the break. We'll be right back.
0: listening to the conversation with Tommy Weber we'll be right back this episode of the conversation with Tommy Weber is brought to you by for mom alz.com join the fight against Alzheimer's and support our good friends Hunter and Braden Bishop as they bring awareness to a struggle that many families face through their charity for mom make sure to follow them on Twitter at hashtag for mom And for all your mortgage needs, call Northern Security Capital Corp., the New York area's most dedicated mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing a home, there's only one place to go. Call Northern Security Capital Corp. today at 718-273-1010. And now, back to the show.
1: And we are back with Tyler Zuber, Kansas City Royals farmhand, Brewster Whitecap, and just an all around great guy, a dear friend of mine who uh just a lot of really good things going to be happening in his life, upcoming wedding in less than a year. Wow, the countdown starts uh, Tyler, let me ask you a question what um specifically are your goals over the winter physically, what are you trying to work on uh have you have you gotten started yet with your with your physical stuff? Um, you know, when will you be throwing? Give us some insight into how the Royals want you to work, what they want you to work on uh, in these winter months.
2: Yeah, um, my goals kind of for the offseason season were one, you know, to increase some velocity on the mound. That's been that's always been one of my goals. One of my goals is to hit a hundred, you know, and I, I want to. I want to see triple digits pop up on the scoreboard, so that's that's what I'm working for. Um, I'm, I mean, same as always, trying to get stronger, um, trying to get a little bit more flexible in my hips to allow the, the hip and shoulder separation to create that more whip factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's um, a couple of things, you know, mechanical wise that I'm trying to um, clean up. You know, to make things smoother, a smoother transition um, to possibly allow my arm to be in a better spot to throw harder. And other than that, you know, just trying to work on off-speed pitches and, you know, fastball location. uh,
1: When you say smoother transition, explain that. What are you talking about?
2: Like a smoother transition as in, like, you know, it starts with your feet, you know, um, riding, like, the feet down the mound. Um, and then allowing like your front hip to open up, which allows your back hip to open up, and then your upper body still closed off, and then allows your arm to just travel freely because your hips are really, your hips are moving your body as if you're swinging a back. Your hips are going to move, and then your hands are just going to go right into that position. Right. So it's just allowing my my hand, my arm to basically just be a long for the
1: run. Right. All right. So it's, it's it, the, uh, it's, I like to say the dog wags the tail. The tail doesn't wag the dog. And that your arm, you really don't throw the ball with your arm. You throw the ball like you hit the ball with your body. And the proper sequencing of events starts from the ground up. And your arm needs to be the last, which is really the result of everything else that your body does. Would you say that's somewhat accurate?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say it starts, you know, starts with your feet and works up to your knees and to your hips and then to your abs, to your torso, to your chest, and then ultimately to your shoulder.
1: Right, and at that point, you're basically just releasing the ball. You're not really throwing it. You are now just letting go of it, and it's accelerating. And that's the easy part, then, it's just now throwing the ball. Right, right. That's it's great. getting the body to that position. That's great stuff, man. That is really great stuff. Uh, I've had a couple of other guys who have been with the Royals, and the Royals do a really good job, I think. Uh, my experience has been uh, that they do a really good job with their pitchers, so I think you're in really good hands. Uh, when do you – are you throwing now?
2: Uh, just lightly playing catch, nothing serious. Um, I, pl- I plan on picking it back up and starting to do some way of baseball stuff um, in about probably about a week. Okay. we start to do that training, trying to, you know, give myself plenty of time to where I can do that. And then kind of taper off a little bit before I'm ready to get back
1: on the mound. Uh, when do you leave for spring training?
2: Uh, last year was, I think, March 1st. So I'm, I'm
1: assuming it's going to be
2: the same March 1st.
1: Great great stuff that's great man um, alright I want you to play a little quick pitch with me alright we got this game that we play everybody that's a guest plays the game I'm gonna basically give you a word or a phrase and you're gonna give me the first thing that comes to your mind you ready uh, alright alright all right. it's kind of like uh, the conversation with Tommy Weber Jeopardy but not really <laughs> <laughs> alright um, <clears throat> favorite food favorite food steak steak that's my man What's the last show you binge watched the office? you're the second guy who has said the office, oh my gosh is
2: it is it bad that I'm starting it again for the fifth time?
1: Are you really I can't believe uh-huh. how many people watch shows over and over and over again
2: oh it yeah i just I found so many different parts that. It gets funnier and funnier as I see. All right.
1: Whatever works for you. That's great. Now, have you ever watched the British version of The Office? I have not. I don't even know if there was one. Do you know who Ricky Gervais is? I don't. Okay. I, if I if I saw a picture, I might know who is. is. I'm really bad with names. Okay. Well, he, he, he created The Office in England. That's an English show, which was then... Uh, recreated in the United States, the Steve Carell version is not the original. The original is the British version. You should just take a, a stab at it. It's 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 very dry. It's very British. It's very different. But that's the original version. But okay, The Office. You're the second guy. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, what if anything keeps you up at night? Uh, Fortnite, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You and every other single human being playing professional baseball uh, in the twenty in in 2018, I'm
2: sure. <laughs> oh God! I tell people it's not a
1: hobby; it's a lifestyle. <laughs> right. It's it seems to be. It seems to be. All right. So I'm going to give you a chance to have dinner with three people that you were not related to. Okay, who are yeah. no longer living. Who would they, Who would they be? No longer living. Uh, Can't be related to you.
2: Jose Fernandez would be
1: one. Pitcher, tragic.
2: I know. Uh, he just the way that he pitched and what he did on the mound. Oh, I want to. I want to learn some of what he did. Um, <sighs> Probably Bob Feller, and probably Cy Young. I want, I want three, three
1: greats. Wow, from three different times. I want to learn from all three of them. Well, I'm fascinated that at that a player in your generation, even those who Bob Feller is, because as you know, most guys have very little historical reference uh, today. Oh yeah.
2: He's- he was
1: one of the hundred throwers. Walter Johnson yep. was another one. Yep. The big train. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, who are your living okay? Well, who are your five favorite pitchers? Not plant. not pitching now, like your five historical pitchers, say in the modern era, let's say since 1950 forward. Um,
2: uh, Probably say Greg Maddox, Noah Ryan. Uh, who's it? Uh, oh, um,
1: who else? There's so many. Gosh. Well, your first two are my first two. Oh, man,
2: and there's there's so many that I just I love to watch. Max Scherzer is up there. Gosh, I love watching him pitch. Um, I like how like analytical and how technical Trevor Bauer can be. I like that, and I like the fact that he um, constantly is doing stuff to try to better his game. And this year really proved that him adding that slider made him one of the like more dominant guys in the league this year. He
1: could he could stand to not get into Twitter wars with. Regular people.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, every, but, but that's his personality. So, I mean, if, I know if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But, I mean, on the baseball field, he's,
1: Man, he's got uh, a lot of ability. I like
2: watching him. And then, uh,
1: uh I like watching Craig Kimbrell, too. I think he throws hard. He does throw hard. He does throw hard. Okay. If, if you could now, going into your third year of professional baseball, Talk to nineteen-year-old Tyler Zuber. What would you tell him?
2: Mm. What would I tell my nineteen-year-old self? I'd probably tell him to do weighted baseballs. I'd say <laughs> do weighted baseballs. Um, try to learn how to throw. Like, try to like pick and, pick your pitching coach's brain more. Like. Mechanically, on how to get your body in a better position to throw harder rather than just try to work on like command and all that. Like, yeah, like I, I like to throw strikes, I like to be command, but if I was throwing harder then, uh, who would have known, you know, what would have happened my junior year? Um, and then even my senior year, you know, might have even been throwing even harder than what I am now. So, um, probably do that and then don't be stupid and go to bed go to
1: bed early is there anything that you worried about at that age that now you realize you know what man if I if I ever have to coach kids or have a kid of my own this is one thing I'm going to make sure he never worries about Oh,
2: there was stuff that I wasn't worried about back then that I was like man I should have probably been worried about that but (laughs) I
1: guess I guess that was a young and dumb me (laughs) Well, I, I'm going to tell you one thing. Um, I appreciate your your quest to increase your velocity. Uh, I, I know one thing. There's always going to be a job for a guy who's getting out, and however you get them uh, is fine with any organization. Because at the end of the day, uh, yeah, we all like to light up the gun. But if you get the call from the bullpen and you come in and you pitch in an inning and you get one, two, three, however you get them is going to be just fine with anybody who's managing your team or is your GM or your director of player development. Um, Absolutely. I I saw that in the Cape. Uh, uh, I have no issue with you try to maximize your velocity. I think that's great. Um, but when it's all said and done, uh, you're, you also have that skill to get out. And that's something that a lot of guys don't have irrespective of their ability, uh, to, to, to light up, uh, the radar gun. So, uh, that's, right. that's the one piece of advice I want you to make sure you leave here with. So, um, let's see, what do you want for Christmas? Hmm. Oh, i <laughs> See, I thought I thought you were gonna say something like world peace or something like that. Such being such a deep guy, a new iPhone. Yeah, a new iPhone. I, guess, uh, I I got that.
2: I wouldn't do anything
1: else. I probably, I'm, I'm all right right now. All good. That's a great place to be, Tyler. Great place to be. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I. um I want to say this. Um, I've been around a lot of guys. I've done this for a long time. Uh, the the greatest thing to come out of all of this is the friendships that you make that are enduring. And, uh, your friendship means a great deal to me. Um, I can't thank you enough for being on the show I want you to know you have an open invitation to be on the show anytime you want and of course, uh, as always if you ever need anything, I'm always just a phone call away uh, I want to thank Tyler Zuber for being here um, I want to wish you nothing but great health and success and uh, just check in with us every once in a while my friend Absolutely,
2: thank you guys for having me All right, best we- to-, to work and wishes to you and in the podcast.
1: All right. Well, I I thank you. Uh, it never helps. It's lucky Being lucky is better than being good. I love you, man. I want you to have a happy holiday and a great spring training and we'll be in touch soon. That's going to do it as uh, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson take us out. This is Tommy Weber saying, I miss you, mom and dad. Good life we'll see you honest. next time. Ain't what she's living today. She never complains Of the bad times Or the bad things he's done yeah.
0: She just talks about Thanks for listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. Have any thoughts on today's episode? Ideas for a new one? Join the conversation on Twitter at Tommy Weber B-ball or Instagram at Tommy Weber Baseball and share your thoughts. Tommy's back next week with a new episode of The Conversation. Subscribe and listen for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Castbox, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And of course, always at TommyWeberBaseball.com com